How would a stupid American say that? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Axe and Iron Podcast. I'm Chris Cash from Mount Phillip Melworks, joined by my co-host Roy the Psychopath Scott. On the line with us today, we have the great, the phenomenal, the amazing haircut dude from Sweden, Nils Agren. What's up, buddy? <laughs> good day, good day, good day. Good evening. For any, for, good any of those, for any of you who are unfamiliar, stop what you're doing right now. Go to Instagram. Go look up Nils' profile. It's N-I-L-S-O-G-R-E-N. Go check him out. He's an axe maker, a blacksmith, a YouTube guy. He just shoved a giant piece of chocolate in his mouth. Right? Oh, my God. <laughs> What's up, Nils? Yeah, this was not chocolate. I can tell you that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I just assumed from Sweden you were <laughs> eating chocolate because you guys are known for good chocolate. <laughs> no, top, uh... top shelf podcast here. <laughs> I just watched your Forge video, and the Forge company sent you a bar of chocolate with your Forge. <laughs> They don't do that yeah. here in America. <laughs> yeah, they did. That was great. Uh, it was uh, su- super yummy. And, you know, it's a cold winter's morning, and I was packing up the new forge, and there I got a Marabo chocolate cake. That was a good good thing. Mm, chocolate cake. So tell cake. us a little bit about yourself. I know you're a younger guy. You're How old are you? Uh, I'm soon to be 28. So I, I was born in 93. Oh, my God. Nine old. And you started... Doing this how long ago? Two years ago? Uh, three years ago. Three years ago. Dang, so talk about. Impressive. I read a little bit about your background and what you have available on your website, but to me, what you're doing, and I've talked to you multiple times, you are way ahead of the game when it comes to traditional axes and the way you're cre- the way you're forging them. You're not doing it from solid billet. You're doing the fold technique. Talk about how you started, where you started, what interests you in getting into blacksmithing and axes. I know a little bit about it, but tell the listeners like where you're from, where you, how you started, all that good stuff. Okay, so uh, as we mentioned, I'm from the kingdom of Sweden, which is a really, really old country. We have a, a very long history here. It's uh, almost 14,000 years old. Uh, yeah. And well, not the kingdom, but, you know, people have been living here. The Germanic people that are our ancestors came here about 14,000 years ago when the ice uh, finally melted. And uh, we've been living here for a while and uh, we have developed, you know, a culture, pretty strong culture. And uh, I got really interested. Um, I was a musician before I started forging and mm-hmm. I... Mm-hmm. What kind of music? What kind play? of music? Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, I was studying on, you know, like a music college in Sweden. There right. I was uh, introduced to jazz and stuff. And uh, oh. But I always liked, you know, to play. Do you, have you guys heard of Dream Theater? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so I, st- I played, I was like progressive metal, you know, very technical yeah. stuff. Uh, but I've also, you know, been interested in just, I- I'm very much of an all eater, so to speak. But uh, I really like to challenge, you know, myself when it comes to the playing. Did and you say I an guess, old eater? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like you like to eat food in your old? Oh my God, here we go. <laughs> old, You're, old idiot. Idiot. You're a fucking idiot, Chris. I, I was 
like I, it's a it's a thing you say in Sweden that you eat every kind of music. You know, you can ah. eat. Uh, mm. Anyway, okay. I, I listen. To, I like I listen to a lot of things. The only thing I really don't like is uh, hip hop. I think. Yeah. So uh, there's like I think there's two bands from Sweden that I know. One is the First Aid Kit. They got that one fucking popular song, Silver Lining or whatever. And then there's like a death metal. There's like a, an all-girl death metal band from Sweden too. Are you familiar with them? No. No. Oh well, you were born in '93. They were probably popular in '93. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Nils, I seen you shredding the bass yesterday too. You got some what? skills. Yeah. Man. Yeah. 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 I um, I was a bass player. Uh, oh, and uh, so, anyways, I, I was trying to you know do that full time and. Uh, my dreams were kind of shattered when I realized that I didn't really like spending nights away. <laughs> so, so I had to figure out something else to do, you know. Okay. So, uh, at one time I was like at home at my father's uh, farm, and uh, I was thinking, hey, maybe I can make a sword. It doesn't look that hard. And uh, I went outside and just took a piece of iron, and I started filing it. And he was like, you know, you can use an angle grinder, you know. And I had. <laughs> I had never been interested in machinery and tools and stuff, so I tried it, and it was kind of fun. And then, you know, it started from there, and I was like, yeah, maybe I should get a forge. And so I built a forge out of an old barbecue with a hairdryer, and I was smashing that. And, you know, just telling people that I was into it, people around me, like I come from a really small place, like a really small village. It's only like uh, um, in the whole region, it's like... 10,000 people, so there's not a lot of people here. Is that right, Var- Varmland? Yeah, I'm yeah that's, map. that's a county. Uh, oh, okay. or, or the mini-state, if you, if you would like. It's a county. Varmland is the county, and there's a region inside there where there's only like 10k people total, and in my village, it's only like 1k. When, so, whereabouts are we? Dalmian on location, are, geographic. Are you listening? Please. He said Varmland. Well, I mean, like, I'm saying geographically, are you... He's in south? Sweden. Motherfuck, come <laughs> Type on. Type in Varmland, oh. V-A-R-M-L-A-N-D. Jesus Christ, Roy. <laughs> so you said your dreams were shattered to be a musician because you didn't want to spend time away. What do you mean by that? So like, I, you didn't want I, to go out on the road? Yeah. Uh, so I tried... Oh. Uh, I went with a band to Germany uh, on tour, and, uh-huh. and I realized that it wasn't, you know, as... As glamorous cool as, as uh, everybody makes it seem uh it was like it's it's a lot you know you you tell your friends when you get back from the tour that it was awesome and you know we did all those crazy things but really we were just spending time in shitty motels and <laughs> you know it was yeah. criminals and drug dealers outside and it's like you're ready to go back to the farm <laughs> yeah so, so you started so, filing on your first sword and your dad told you you're an idiot you can use an angle grinder and then you <laughs> built a forge out of a barbecue grill and that failed miserably with a hairdryer with a hairdryer where yeah. did you where did you acquire the skill did you pick it up naturally did you go somewhere to learn how to do it or you just started doing it and it just came to you uh, so i guess uh, i've been thinking about this like um I knew how to practice uh, music, you know, the hours oh. put into the instrument. So I thought maybe I can do the same thing in the craft instead. And uh, so that's basically it. Uh, I've just been doing it a lot. I and have, now you're, you're doing this full time? 
No, 50% at the moment. But I'm okay. planning, you know, in the next couple of years, perhaps. Uh, I'm going to try next year to see how it, how well I do, do, you know. Did I hear you right? You said 58%? <laughs> <laughs> that was... <laughs> Yeah, the other 42, he milks cows. I mean, that, that is a very, very precise. It's, he's he's got his time. He's got his time dialed in, Roy, on a whole Apparently, level. seriously. I mean, come 50, on. 50 percent. Just 50. You got to yeah. remember, the European education system is far greater than ours. So if he has it dialed in to 58 <laughs> percent, he knows God. that the other 42 percent is spent doing something else. So you just started practicing and honing the craft and just learning. Did you did you pick it up from somebody else? Did you watch somebody? Yeah, Did, of course. I, okay. I, I actually watched a lot of Man at Arms. Uh, so that's why, you know, I, I told you to say hi to Ilya and Matt because, you know, they, they were like the, the two first, you know, people that actually, you know, I was watching what they were doing really carefully. Uh -huh. try, trying to study every move they were doing on the show and I know it's cut a lot you know edited so it yep. was hard to you know you know follow sometimes but I had to you know the gaps I had to figure out myself and uh, so that's it and uh, I didn't meet anyone that were doing this okay. so I was very alone in this and I didn't get any you know hand-to-hand face-to-face uh, tips and tricks you know right until much later when I actually met uh, the great uh, Torbjörn Orman if you know who that is. I YouTube. know exactly who that is, yep. Yeah. I do not know who yeah. that is. Torbjorn is a, uh, he's a fantastic blacksmith who does very, very clean YouTube videos. He's been on YouTube for a long time, and he's very, very good at what he does. And actually, Nils, kind of, whether you know it or not, subconsciously, because I've watched a lot of your videos, you kind of adapted his style of video editing yeah. and creating and Man, the multiple shots you have are just, like, insane. Like, of yeah. you wheeling your forge into your shop, you took, like, nine different camera angles of you just bringing a box through the door. <laughs> <laughs> but the style of videos that you guys are producing, like, Bjorn's, his are very, they're very, like, you can watch them even if you have zero interest in blacksmithing. They're very peaceful. Yeah. The presentation's calm. Even if he's using the power hammer, and I see that you've kind of adapted the same kind of style as him, but you actually talk. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, you know, uh, I I didn't want to reinvent the wheel, and I don't have the energy and the skills to do the videos that Alex Steele has does. Right. Uh, so it was like, okay, either I do it natural, which yeah. no music and just the shots, uh, which is what uh, Turbjorn does. He's yep. very skilled at setting up. Anyways, uh, or I like invest a lot of time in trying to do video editing. But the thing is that I'm also selling and producing access. So I don't really yeah. have the time to produce these great videos, you know? No, they uh, are great I'm, videos. Don't undersell it. They're amazing videos. You, you have a style of your own that you've kind of mixed in with your Bjorn style. And it makes for a really pleasant to watch video as opposed to the music and the fireworks and the slow motion and the, there's no frills to what you're doing and i think a lot of your channel because i've watched almost every single video it's very very educational to where as you're not trying to just show here's the start here's the middle here's the end you're showing every single step so if somebody wants to know how to make an axe very similar to what you do you basically give them a step-by-step -step video 
on how to do it. It's very, very interesting. Very, very well done for only doing this three years, man. You are like, you are up there. You're, you're, you're producing you. some great, great axes and, and doing them in a traditional way is more impressive than anything for those who know, uh, you know, as opposed to just punching a hole, drawing out a bit, Nils is actually doing the old traditional folded technique is how a lot of axes were made back in the day. So Nils, yeah. whenever you get off of here, uh, whenever we get off of this call, you need to go outside and high five yourself until the sun goes down because this is the most praise that Chris Cash has ever given anyone <laughs> it's not, you gotta remember, about it's not a, a fucking act. He's six hours ahead of us, so it's okay. it's like eight o'clock. There, sun's down, but yeah, but no, I've spoken with him before because <laughs> I've I've I know what it, I've me and Ilya have both tried to forge different style axes and stuff like that. Dude, he hasn't said anything good about me and my fucking axe. Like, he's given you well, more compliments not, in the last 10 minutes. Well, than you're, not actually fucking, making, you're not actually making an axe. It's still a fucking axe. <laughs> <laughs> my point is, this is the most excited I've ever seen you about axes. I'm going to, I love this They're fucking good. moment. Thank you, They're Nils, good. for coming on. They're good axes. Fucking yeah. Dude, they look yeah. awesome, too. Seriously. Um, can, can we talk a little bit about um, your... Your wood selection, <laughs> um, because <laughs> no, no, no. So some I know that traditionally um, you guys used birch. Um, you guys don't have very many hardwoods over in Sweden, um, and it, so birch and ash are like the two primary handle materials. The, the birch that you use on some of these handles, they are absolutely gorgeous. I mean, just Thank just you. the grain, the figuring. Um, my question is. <laughs> How well do these things hold up uh, in use? Because, you know, we're used to American hickory. Um, and I, whenever, before we got on here, I looked at the, the Janka scale on both of these. And for the listeners out there, they don't know what the Janka scale is. It's the hardness and the density of uh, woods. Birch is really low on the scale in comparison yeah. to hickory, which is kind of the gold standard of any sort of handle material. So yeah. can you can you talk a little bit about birch and your experience with it, even like working with it and then using it as a functional tool? To yeah, of course. So so to tell you about this, we need to go back in time, my friends. Mm, here we go. So so back in the days, like um, we have two very you know the most common handle materials in Sweden is birch and ash. And the lower south you come in the country, the more ash you mm -hmm. uh, you see. And where I live, birch is the most common, uh, you know, handle material wood uh, available. There are ash here mm -hmm. as well, but not as many. Uh, so, uh, like traditionally, you had uh, the the village blacksmith basically. He was the one producing the the axes for the people. So the timbermen and the woodsmen came to the blacksmith, and he made the axe. Mm -hmm. that they wanted so it was a custom work so usually if you look at really old swedish axes you can see they have a collar on them yep uh, like an extension of the eye basically and that it has multiple you know um what do you say not reasons but it has multiple um uh, iterations of it so it started off with a, a larger eye and then as time went on the the collar and the eye size got much, yeah, much I mean, smaller and, when we started getting more hardwoods to Sweden, uh -huh. like more production of ash and also importing the American hickory, uh, we could uh, the the eye size changed as well. Right. Uh, but ba basically, the longer eye with the collar helps, you know, making it a bit more steady. So birch is quite soft. 
uh-huh. it's too soft for my opinion. I, I don't really like Birch mm-hmm. that much. I only use it for the historical approach with sure. the with the, um, colored eye. Uh, but um, so so historically, the color of the the eye also helped protect the birch from if you were to miss hit or over hit, you know. But it also mm-hmm. helped it becoming a bit more steady, and also uh, many of the of the woodsmen and timbermen and the carpenters that bought axes, they actually made their own uh, handles for for that axes. So they took whatever wood they had laying around. So that's basically it, I guess. Did, did I answer your question? Um, yeah, of course. Um, but uh, I've never I've never um, made handles with uh, uh, birch. Can you talk about? Um, how how like machining um, shaping eyes and stuff? How how well does it how well does it um, conform to the sizes and shapes that you're looking for? Is it easy to work it. with? Is it difficult? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's very easy to work with. It's it, it's so soft, you know. So you can really, you know, if you're doing it with a draw knife, you can almost you're like it's two two draws and you're two done. pulls and you're done. Yeah, I almost, you know, it's really really soft. And it also when you're fitting the head, mm-hmm. it, it really, you know gets in there because mm-hmm. it's so soft so it compresses it like, really easily yeah yeah it, it does but but if you were to ask me what, what uh, wood to use for a, for a handle i would say hickory or ash uh, every time it, mm-hmm. but you know for, for many of the carving axes shorter handles where, where you don't really need that force you know sure uh, yeah, uh, yeah. can be really nice to to use actually it also so ha- you know absorbs the shock better as well yeah, absolutely. Um, have you guys had any problems with the uh, emerald ash boring beetle over there in Sweden? Our, our our forests have been decimated by it over here. Our ash our ash stands are just fucked. It's like not a bug. My, not to my knowledge. It's not too to fucking knowledge. cold. They won't live. I don't. Mm. <laughs> How many failures did you have, Nils, leading up to where you're at today as far as progression? Was it like? A year of failure was it like one month and then you you figured it out like because a three-year span for like i said for what you're producing now is is pretty crazy for where you're at and then where you started playing the bass and realizing you didn't want to be a musician <laughs> and now you're killing it with these axes was there a ton of failure leading up to where you're at now or did it just catch on right away i fail all the time okay good mm-hmm. yeah that's, I that's fail roy's week that's Roy's yeah. entire week. Well, I, it's Chris's so, life. That's my life, and it's Roy's <laughs> week to week. <laughs> but I mean, I, basically, what I'm asking is, when you first started, was there a ton of failure? No. Uh, well, it depends on how you how you see things. Like, I, I started out, and you know, um, I was like many people that start out. They think that they were, what they're producing is like the best thing ever. And like right. when I started, I, I thought I was like the only blacksmith in Sweden. I've never heard of a blacksmith in Sweden, you know? Yeah. So I thought, oh, I'm, I'm probably the best in Sweden. You know, I was super. It's <laughs> 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 like Roy. Roy thinks oh. he's the best in America. Fuck uh, off. And it took like a couple of weeks when I actually joined Instagram and I saw, whoa, shit, I really suck. <laughs> and, and, you know, that really took me down. But it's at that point, you know, that most people, they either stop doing it or they just keep it as a hobby or you go full on, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's get better. Let's improve, you know, and that's what I did. Basically. Um, 
Chris is muted. He, I'm he sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what I was looking for, though. I was just curious to, like how how that progression went with you. If it was a ton of failure and you answered that perfectly, I, I think it's amazing, dude. I think you're fucking killing it over there. It's crazy. And um, for anybody who hasn't tried the style of acts that Nils is producing, it is not an easy task to duplicate the forging on both sides and then bring that together and forge it and forge weld it together and make it look proportionately appropriate i mean you, you just leaps and bounds man you're killing it over there i actually started you know this year to to make the asymmetrical fold instead of the symmetrical fold right <clears throat> and uh, the asymmetrical fold is actually a lot smarter when i think about it and as i did some research it turns out that was the most common uh, method used when forge welding axes in the Viking Age, uh, to you know, and I didn't know that. So, yeah. so when I I said, oh, this is a lot smarter way to do it. Uh, it also can, <laughs> showed itself in history, you know, to be the most common way to do can, it. Can can you give uh, me and our listeners an overview of exactly what you're talking about? Symmetrical versus asymmetrical folding and forge welding and stuff. I'm I'm mm -hmm. clueless on it. I'm going to try. So okay. imagine I have an axe here okay. to show here you. Go. So imagine we are going to make this bearded axe, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I start out by with a flat bar. And I know that I need material for the beard. I need to draw this out. So I need a lot more material at one end of the bar. So I start out with a bar. Let's say this is the bar. Mm -hmm. uh, I, and I save some material at one end, and then I uh, make uh, some somewhat of a preform for the eye. So imagine I need to do two set downs on either side uh, that are going to then wrap around to create the eye. Okay. And on one side, I keep extra material here mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. so that I have the, the eye here, and then I can draw out and do whatever I want with this material over here. But at first, they're like this. Sure. So I do a preform with set downs, and I know it's hard to explain with words like this, but if you want to, I have some quite detailed videos on how to do it on my YouTube channel that really can help you out, I think, if you're interested in trying this out or just want to know more about it. Because from my understanding, some of the earlier American axes were made with folding yes. as well. Have yes, I they were. Wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and and you're yeah. right that you the, you do have very detailed videos. I've watched the same one several times, trying to figure out a certain step or the way you're doing something. And uh, yeah, are all fucking makers on YouTube? I mean, come on. I'm, I mean, I, yeah. get on, I get on there to watch like Nils, videos of rock Nils and roll is, bands and shit. His um, branding, his website, his YouTube videos, everything is very, 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 very clean. I think that's what I like about it. There's just no bullshit. It's just clean as clean can be. Who are you selling this stuff to, Nils? Who's buying from you? Who are your customers? Do you have, um, do you have actual uh, timber workers that are buying some of the stuff, like your traditional axes? Is it people in Sweden? Is it people in the United States? Is it all over the world? Give us a little insight on that. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out that myself. So. Uh, I, I've I've only been selling you know via email before, okay. But then I made my website this November, and oh, uh, this is recent. Yeah, it's very recent. Oh, uh, okay. 
it was actually thanks to Alex Steele. So, so I'm very grateful to that guy. He gave me a discount code, which was really great. Oh, uh, of course. Cool. Uh, anyway, uh, he gives it to everyone in his YouTube videos, but I just used it, <laughs> so I got like. There you go. Uh, anyways, um, and then I put out, you know, like ten axes perhaps, and they sold out in like two days, and uh -huh. most of them were American. And from what I could see on the info, like it was really random, you know, collectors and mm -hmm. uh, uh, one guy was a doctor, and you know, so so it's really random. But but okay. I. Do, you know some contacts there are that are actual carpenters and some guys that are throwing access that want to perhaps buy some access from me and you know so, so it's really random I, I i have a hard time figuring out what is my customer i think it's very hard to say there's a lot well, of europeans that buy my access as well well get some time under your belt and you'll be able to, to parse out some some stats on that um i i find it difficult even today to try to try to figure out who my customers are. I mean, I've kind of got broad categories, kind of like what you're talking about, but like to nail it down, it's very, very difficult. I mean, like a doctor, you wouldn't, I would never think, Oh yeah, this doctor wants this freaking ax, but right. you know, sometimes people want some cool stuff just to hang in, in their office and go, you know, just for someone to walk in and look at it and go, Hey, what the hell is that? And it's just a conversation piece. Um, so it's very, very difficult to find out who your customers are. I did notice one thing a couple of years back, or last year. Sorry, I haven't been doing this for a couple of years. Almost, <laughs> hey, just give yourself all the credit. Who, who fucking cares? There you go. <laughs> Anyways, it was last year. Uh, I, I started real, uh, noticing a pattern, and the thing was that I think that a lot of Americans uh, have made this, you know, DNA thing, and they see that they have Scandinavian blood in their veins. Mm, you know, I see where this is going. So yeah. they want the heirloom for their family, basically, that's made by a Swede or a Scandinavian person. And there are not, I, there's another guy, there's a couple of guys who, making Viking axes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm one of the guys that's more visible to the outer rim, so to say. You mean there's other guys making Viking axes in Sweden? Yeah, there is. Oh, okay, because the, there's a lot of people making them over here. Yeah, but uh, they're probably not Swedish, right? No, absolutely not. They think they're Swedish. There's a lot of people over here. The History Channel has ruined a lot of oh my guys God. over here. They think they're from Scandinavia. They think they're a Viking because they can grow a beard, and they're not. <laughs> but that's great for you, though, Nils. Sell to all those dumb motherfuckers. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, don't, don't mock my customers. Yeah, no, not at all. No, I'm mocking your potential customers. So when oh my you God. Uh, when you make the axes that you're posting on Instagram every day, are you um, are they commissions? Are you just making whatever you want to make and then you put them up for sale? How's that working for you? So as I said, I did the, do this via email before. Right. And uh, I started realizing very soon. The re English and Swedish. Here we go. Bravo. No problem. Mm -hmm. So, like a year ago, I made an axe for Scalagrim, the YouTuber uh -huh. Scalagrim. Yep. A and I was thinking, he's not going to make a video out of this. It's not good yeah. enough. He's not even going to mention it. <clears throat> but he did make a video, and the video got almost a million views. Right. Which made my inbox on my email explode. Okay. And for you, that's awesome. Yeah, so that was basically the, you know, because at first it was just a hobby. After that, I had to start a business because I couldn't, you know, mm -hmm. do this under the taxation system anymore. I had to, right. you know. 
pay my taxes. Yep. Uh, <clears throat> and I did start taking the commissions via email. But after a while, I started realizing there's no way I can get production speed doing this. I can't, I can't make like five different axes at the same time without losing my mind. I'm not that yeah. good enough yet, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not good enough to do that yet. So I, th- so I thought, you know, I need to make one axe at the same time. And I can make multiple of that axe at the same time. I need to make a, you know, a product out of this. You know, this is yeah. a type B axe. This is yep. a forest axe. Blah blah blah. You know. And <clears throat> so I started thinking I need to make a website. And so I did. I actually wrote an email to all my clients, telling them that I'm gonna cancel all your orders, and I I hope that you will come to my website instead. Maybe right. I can commission if it's a really fun one, but I can't do like. It was just becoming like overbearing, too much yeah. stuff to, yeah. I couldn't handle it. Uh, well, there's a whole bunch of hand-holding, you know, this person wants this specific thing, and it just it just becomes Im- it impossible to manage. I think your approach is right, I mean, your and your website looks good. Your website looks like an extension of your Instagram feed, which is curated very, very nicely, if I may say so. Um, you. And you, your forest axe um, at 295 euros is like, that's a very fair, approachable price, too. Yeah. Yeah, th- that's the hard thing, you know. Like, I mean, we, we do have the giants over here, like Gransforsbruk. I probably yep. don't know what who, they are. Who are they? Yeah, they are. Right. <laughs> <laughs> don't listen to them, Bill. Just be the jackass. They, they, you know, they are, like, the, the, the biggest company in Sweden, obviously. Yep. <laughs> and they, they I, I don't really know how many they do, but I have people that have been working there, so I know that they make a lot, shit mm-hmm. ton of access. Yeah. It's in the hundreds of thousands, I think, yep. each year. Uh, <clears throat> and I can't do that, you know? So, so it's not even in the same category as a Grandsfors Axe. Uh, so their their access costs like everything from 1k Swedish crowns to 2k. That's like 100 to 200, 300 dollars. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, my axes are actually made by hand hand. They're not yep. uh, pressed out in two minutes. That's what it takes for them to forge an axe. Yeah. It takes, mine takes uh, four hours if it's a forest axe. It takes most kind of Just- four hours. So just yes, forge time is four hours. So start to yeah. finish hanging handles and uh, doing hanging heads on handles and shaping everything. Start to finish where do you think you are? So if I'm making four at the same time, it takes four hours to make. Uh, like spread out over three days, I can make uh, four axes in four hours. Uh, but that's you know, it it's um, oh no no wait for one axe it takes four hours spread out over three days. So uh, so I had to know, and also you know you have the gas bill, you have the electricity, you have the materials. Mm-hmm. You also have the chance of me failing. So that's something that you need to take into approach as well. Um, so by the time it's all said and done, Nils, you're making about uh, two euros an hour. <laughs> this is something like that. Welcome to the party, pal. That's it. Welcome to the fucking So you want to do this for a living, eh? Yeah. Let me show you what you got. No, I, I, I have calculated the prices on the forest. I, I wouldn't. Quite, I wouldn't. Quite good. <laughs> no, don't do that. You might find that we're all, all in your, this. All you might yeah. find that all of your purchases fund your next orders. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
You're making something just to buy more stuff to make the next one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think we're all anyways, in the same boat. The the bearded axes and stuff. I'm gonna put a higher price on them because they're really made, you know, traditionally with yeah. the folk stuff, and there's so much you know risk going into one of those. And I actually talked to a guy that I know who also makes axes, and he's a good friend with one of the greatest axe makers in Sweden. Who's uh, which one of them is it? I can't say. Anyways, and he he also makes you know the historical axes for Gransfors. Uh, I know I don't know if you've seen those, but they actually make Viking axes at Gransfors nowadays. Ah, uh, and I didn't know that. He actually when he he starts with fifteen axes and twelve twelve are finished, three Jeez. are all. So you know you have that risk factor going into it as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And that's very true for for hand forging and forge welding. There's always something that can go wrong. Even if you're making it perfect, there's something that can come in between the welds, you know, and then, yeah. then you're screwed, basically. You want to, to sell a perfect axe. So, um, not to get on a tangent here, but, like, shit goes sideways all the time. I, I had a handle that I was shaping yesterday and it had a hairline... Uh, ingrain check and a surface check on it and i posted it on my instagram and you know how many people were like well just put super glue in it and just sell it think about if you spent four hundred dollars on one of your customers spent four hundred dollars on an axe and they get it and there's a little hairline crack on the swell of the handle with super glue in it yeah (laughs) i mean they're gonna be fucking pissed right i mean just put yourself in their position if you just spent 400 bucks on this high-end handmade axe and it's got a teeny tiny little check in it doesn't affect anything but you're like oh that's the first thing that you're going to look at and you go ah now i'm disappointed i would just throw it anyway i would just throw the axe as hard as i could that, oh, that that's idiot. also the reason why I don't always have access for sale as well. Uh, I'm uh-huh. really, you know, taking it slow because I'm building this company up from the start, and I have no earlier experience. I'm not even a trained blacksmith. I'm yeah. really taking it slow, and you know, I only put up what I'm happy with. Chris so is a, also, Chris is an excellent blacksmith. He could help you out and train you right up. I'm not a blacksmith, man. Anyway. Oh, the fuck you're not. Come on. <laughs> You can actually watch Nils's original, uh, the very first videos he put up, and it looks like he put an anvil in the pot in the middle of his backyard and just started beating on shit. Yeah, oh, that's awesome. I mean, it's it's like as grassroots as you can get. I mean, the, he put the camera up, he put an anvil in the middle of his backyard. There's all this shit laying everywhere that could potentially <laughs> catch on fire, and he just starts hammering out this huge sword. <laughs> it's great. I love it. And then I look at where you're at now, and I'm like, holy shit, it's badass. Yeah. Let's talk about that most recent, the one you actually just posted today, the the, uh, the finished axe, the mosaic. Was that, It's crazy uh, awesome. Yeah, that's beautiful. Is that something you just wanted to do for yourself? Is it something for a customer? It turned out amazing, man. It's uh, what. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a YouTube video, basically, uh, and uh, so it's. Oh, you uh, did it purely for content. Yeah, and oh, okay. uh, I don't know if you've seen that, but almost every one of my YouTube videos is actually something uh, out of my comfort zone. Yeah. So every YouTube video is me testing something new uh, and trying out and see how how did I do this, and that's what I'm talking about in the end of the video. Always, I, I'm discussing like. How was this process? Did I learn something? Um, and uh, yeah, so so it was basically just a test piece, um, but and it didn't come out as I wanted. Uh, to be honest, it's a failed axe, 
but it's all, all, also beautiful. I know it's beautiful, but it's not as good as I wanted it. What? what so where's failed? the failure? Yeah. yeah. So it was a, uh, the, I started out with a mosaic uh, pattern uh-huh. uh, for the body. Right. And uh, <laughs> when I was forging, I did it, you know, it's made traditionally. So it's a folded yeah. axe. So did it just kind of all blah together once you folded it? It didn't no, keep its mosaic? Uh, so, so, you know, I made the mosaic. I, I stacked uh-huh. it up a couple of times and I did it into four piles. And right. then I went them together and that was the pattern. So I had to, you know, squish it this way and then draw it out. Yeah. But in the squish, I lost the pattern. And I was ah. like, I don't know which side is the pattern anymore. And I was yeah. like, ah, I'm just, I'm just going to have to do it anyways. And yeah. uh, so it basically looks like a ra- it, it, some parts of it looks like raindrop um, Damascus, some parts yep. look like rand, and some parts look really weird. And the edge is actually I was trying to make herringbone pattern, but I can uh, see that, yeah. But it was just like, yeah, it was what I it mean, was. To be to be fair though, a lot of uh, a lot of Damascus axes I've seen. Uh, the bodies are just kind of whatever because because of the forging process you can't unless you take a billet of Damascus and just grind away to what you want to the shape you know if you're forging the body especially the traditional way you do by folding it and then drawing out the body's always going to just mishmash into something else you know and then you're going to lose the pattern but your bit turned out amazing which is in my opinion the most impressive part the multiple bars forge welded together to create that bit is like absolutely stunning it looks like there's folded like three different times on it or something uh what do you mean maybe not folded uh, i mean it's got uh, three distinct patterns in there yes yeah. yeah exactly it's uh, three bars basically are of twisted uh, damascus, damascus that i yep. forged down but but the fun thing is you know usually when you do the these old forge welds when the when with the bearded axe you actually open up the body to yep. insert the end but this time I actually opened up the end bit to insert the body. <laughs> so it's a, ah, okay. It also has a reinforced edge, which is also a, an old technique, which you can usually see on the hewing axis. Yeah. So what's the, uh, what's the future for this axe? Is it sold? Is it a just a display piece? Is it what, like, what's the story? I don't know. I'm probably just going to keep it for myself uh, and awesome. look at it as a reminder, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's it's a very very it's a very very cool piece. What does the carving and the handle have any significance to? Yeah, I, I'm not a wood carver. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> no, it looks it looks great, man. It looks like yeah, it looks like a afar. piece of history. Yeah, from but, afar it looks good. <clears throat> oh, okay. Is it one of those hundred hundred feet paint jobs? <laughs> it looks good from hundred feet. The closer you get, does, like, does the carving actually mean anything though, Nils? Yeah, uh, so it's a dragon with the runes behind it, and uh-huh. the runes actually reads Jord Skred, which means landslide. Oh, of course it does. I was That's getting ready exactly to say that. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah, I knew it said landslide. And landslide. Yeah. <laughs> He's looking at us like, you did? Yeah, I can see it. I see it in there. I, I see, can it. see it. Yeah, Jord. Yep, mm-hmm. landslide. Yep. There it is with the dragon. I mean, What's it's clear as day. It's landslide. Fucking... It's a Dixie Chuck right. song. No big deal. Is it? <laughs> He did, he did come from a musician background. He wanted to be a musician. No, what is, is that just what you called the axe landslide? No, but uh, it was uh, my old nickname from World of Warcraft. 
Oh, Whoa, you are okay. a wow, dude. Dude, he said yeah. he started by watching Man at Arms. Well, well, so which is it, like it, nerd it took central. Me, it, I know it took it's me a long, it took me a little to click what that fucking meant. And he's know, probably he's probably the only good that came out of that of oh watching Ilya and Matt was Nils actually became a really really good craftsman. When I told Ilya, this guy started blacksmithing because of <laughs> Man at Arms. Because dude. of okay. you. Ninety-nine percent of the people that say that threw an old file into a, a barbecue pit out back and forged the tip down and said they made a sword. Oh, <laughs> God. Those are 99% of the people that say, I started blacksmithing because of you. And then, so I say that to him. He rolls his eyes and he goes, Jesus Christ. And I said, no, look at this guy's shit. He's like, oh, he's like an actual, yeah, he really knows what he's doing. I'm like, yeah. It's actual blacksmithing, not the did shit that people say. Did he say. say that? Did he say that about me? No, I'm not gonna blow your head up anymore. Oh else. my god! <laughs> no, we we were we were well. I told you that we were trying to work on different. Matt's done a bunch of those folded axes. Uh, Ilya and myself, I, I haven't done very many at all. I've tried two of them, I think, and failed miserably on both of them. Not a um, but they were wrought iron with uh, high carbon bits and the wrought split on me multiple times, which is a pain in the ass to make a wrought iron body. But I'm going to get it and I'm going to nail it. But um, you want a pro tip? Yeah, go ahead. Pro tip. Guys, <laughs> when you're three years, he's a fucking pro. Here we go. <laughs> you're doing fold. You can yeah. actually insert a really thin piece of high carbon steel with the fold. That actually Just to get it to bite harder. Stick, yeah. yeah, it sticks. Think about that. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, Nils, on your website, you have a section for um, iron work, and uh, it's, I see that it's empty, but on your Instagram, you got a draw knife. It looks like you have birch handles on those. Um, is yeah, this something that you're going to. It's beautiful, too, by the it's, way. It's fucking Tits McGee beautiful. Um, is this something that you're going to be <laughs> offering? His face when you say your stupid fucking words. What? 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 His face is great. Tits McGee. Everyone says that. Basically, you're going to start offering other stuff besides axes is what I'm trying to well, get. Well, yeah. like, what, what's, the, what's that product offering look like? Um, so I've been thinking about it a lot. And um, what I've been thinking about, I, I actually do sell some stuff locally, and that's mostly shoehorns. <laughs> So, so, people uh, use shoehorns yeah wow okay so uh, but i haven't think, thought about making draw knives they're so hard to make you know i'm not a knife maker at all so mm-hmm. what's what's tough about them the symmetry or what like trying to keep yeah. everything perfectly even yeah that part yeah. you know the that looks like yep that looks like the biggest pain in the ass part how wide is this draw knife that I'm looking? So guys out there um, listening, uh, it was posted on January 6th. Um, this one right here, I, I don't know if it's the only one you've made, but, but about how wide is it, the, the cutting I edge? Think, now, you know, I'm a Swedish person, which yeah, means about mm-hmm. centimeters. So I think it's about 30 centimeters wide, long, the blade. Mm-hmm. So, so almost a foot. So about a foot, about 12 inches. Yeah, something like that. You said 30, right? 30 centimeters? Yeah. Yeah, that's about a foot. Maybe Do a you know what long. a foot is, Roy? 12 well, inches? I, well, yeah. I know what are you talking long. about from handle to handle, not Nils, or, or are you talking about the bit? Just the cutting uh, edge. Oh, shit. That's a big-ass draw knife. <laughs> yeah, that's big. 
could do some timber framing with that thing. Yeah. I know. Uh, my my draw knife is the cutting edge is only seven inches and our buddy my buddy Taylor sent me a message uh, it was like last week or the week before he's like dude I got a ten inch and I think or something I got a ten inch and I think I need a bigger one I'm just getting wore out and I, my my response was is it do people get worn out lifting one pound or do they get worn out by lifting ten pounds which one is more likely so I find that using a, a shorter blade width. Uh, you have a lot more control and, you know, fatigue isn't nearly an issue. And I've, I use a seven and I would like to try a five or a six. I just haven't found one, but I don't know. Um, is that something, I mean, whenever, do you shape every eye with the draw knife? Is that how you, no, no, are, no, no, no? no, no, no. <laughs> He's like, oh no, 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 fuck all that. No, you're the only idiot that does that, Roy. <laughs> no, I'm not an no, idiot. Uh, but the thing is that uh, I was uh, I've been following you, Roy, for uh, for quite a while on Instagram. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you for the thank you. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I've been I've been seeing <laughs> you've been seeing. <laughs> thank you for the thank you. <laughs> you've been seeing a shit show is what you've been yeah. seeing. Yeah. No, but I've I've been you know inspired by that. It looks so, so fast when you're doing it, and I was thinking maybe I should practice that as well. You know. So that's why I made the draw knife. Uh, but I, I do it on the big... Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Big you made that draw knife because of me? No. He I, didn't say that. I didn't say that. <laughs> he said he liked seeing... <laughs> he said he liked the technique of a draw knife, so he made a draw knife for himself so he could try it out. <laughs> okay. All right. But, uh, but somewhat... Don't put words in his mouth, Roy. <laughs> 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 Mills, oh where do we God. go? Where do we go from here? Keep building inventory, keep making cool shit, keep making YouTube uh, content. What's the What's oh, the big plan? Yeah, I need to get some access out of the door. Uh, I have a lot of access laying around here. I have like three carving axes that I made, a new model, a prototype model. Uh, Ooh, I made cool. three of those, and I haven't sold them. I, they're just sitting here, uh, you know, soaking in, in oil. Uh, and I have a lot of forest axe that I haven't sold yet, and I have some bearded axes that I need to sell. And I have what's you know, what's shipping like to the United States? Just out of curiosity, it's the worst. Okay, hundred bucks. the USPS is the worst company I've ever worked with. In oh my, yeah, well yeah. It's have, not have, just, you, have you been listening to our show? We've had major fucking problems yeah, with the postal not, service. Yeah, it's not just it's not just yeah. you, buddy. Yeah. So so uh, it takes two months for an axe to arrive at the door of a person that orders from me in the is that US. The only, is that the only option you have is USPS? No, it, it's not. There are a lot of options, but that's, you know, the, the easiest one. Okay. Because our national postal service uh, has this, you know, connection with the USPS. So it takes like five days for it to, to enter the USA. It enters yeah. in Chicago. It takes uh -huh. five days for Sweden to USA, and it, then it takes two months from inside the USA. Yeah, I don't know why. If it's in, you know, the customs and stuff. That's exactly what it is. Yep. Because they're fat slobs just sitting yep. around freaking doing nothing. It sits in yeah. customs mm. forever. So, really? anyways, so but you know, sending a package in sweet uh, in uh, Europe takes uh, four days. So from Sweden to Germany, it's it's at the person's door in uh, in four days, and that's really great. But uh, so I've been very nervous, you know, sending. You know, it's also the first time I'm really doing it as a business. Yeah. Sending the U I was sending like four access to the US last shipment and I was like super nervous they weren't arriving and the customers started messaging me like where's my axe 
And I'm yeah. like, I don't know, man. Uh, you have to call yeah. the USPS. Yeah. And you don't, want to know, you, you don't want to tell your customer, you have to call the USPS because mm -hmm. I can't. You know? Yeah. yeah. Here's the tracking number. It's it's on you now. I've done yeah. every fucking thing that I can. It is Believe tough. Believe me. To, and, shipping overseas is just tough. It just, I mean, shipping in the United States right now is tough. So. And Americans are fucking assholes when when they order something and it's not there in one or two days because Amazon has set the fucking bar so goddamn high. Everyone expects something to be at their fucking door in no time. It's just fucking horseshit. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's really hard. What's it? What's well, it cost to to ship an axe over here? Hundred uh, bucks. No, 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 not even close. Mm. It it costs perhaps uh, twenty dollars. Oh, what? Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It cost me a hundred dollars to ship to Europe. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> he's like, sorry about your luck, dipshit. It cost me twenty. <laughs> For the listeners, his eyes just turned to glass. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. it. Only cost you twenty dollars to ship something from Sweden to here. So why the fuck are they charging me a hundred dollars? I don't know. Because Americans are greedy bitches and they want Jesus. their money. Jesus. Well, yeah, it's, it, it's not like Sweden's getting them or Europe's getting the money. It's the United no, it's States the, it's the, Postal it's the Service. Customer, it's the customer that's getting fucked on it. Oh, yeah, They're, 100%. Well, you guys just heard it. Go to Nils' website and go order some axes. Oh, everything shows sold out, though, just so you know. I don't know if you right. looked. You say you got axes sitting around. Put those bitches on the website. Throw them up on Instagram. <laughs> Let's sell some axes, Nils. Yeah, the thing is that the, the shipping part is the most. I really, really hate shipping. It's so boring. That's why I don't do it. Uh, but I need to well, do it. So I can uh, get my <laughs> from a from a guy who ships any anything from five pounds to four thousand pounds all the way all over the place. Shipping is part of the gig, man. If it you want to keep going, you just gotta you gotta bite the bullet and ship. Shipping sucks, but Dude, it's just part of the game. So Nobody's, many. I tell people all the time. Nobody's going to come to your shop and give you $100 bills. You have to no, go get not. them. <laughs> so. I, I was actually surprised at um, the uptick in my business whenever I decided to ship internationally. I'll ship fucking anywhere. Like, yeah. as, long as, as long as the customer pays for it, you just you yep. have to pay for the inconvenience. And yep. a, lot of, you know, a lot of small makers, they don't want to ship internationally. And it's not yep. that hard to go to the USPS. You fill out a customs form and you make the customer pay for it. It's that easy. And then yep. you fucking roll the dice and cross your fingers that it gets there. That's yeah. the only problem, really. That, that, that's the scary part, you know. And also, like, when you're doing multiple axes at the same time and different models, like, yeah. accidentally, you know, putting the wrong axe in the wrong box. I did that last time. It was like, <laughs> oh, fudge. It took two months for it to arrive, and it was a wrong axe. Wow. Uh, God. So what do you do then? Uh, I actually told him to keep the old axe, and I'm going to send a new one for free. Yeah, that's, wow. I, I do that with my international customers as well when I s sell stuff. I'm, I'm like, if it doesn't get there, I just anticipate that they're going to get something for free. Actually, we had that discussion yeah. about the openers to a guy mm -hmm. in Sweden um, that was such a pain in the ass. It took like almost six months for him to get. And I just kept resending free ones to him. And eventually one day he got all of them the same time. It's ridiculous. It took six months, but he got them all. Oh, yeah. Nils, you are killing it, my friend. I've told they, you time and time again, your stuff is beautiful. Your work is amazing. I think your your work ethic is right there. Keep doing what you're doing, man. 
I'm not a European axe guy. I mean, if you listen to the show, everyone knows that. But your axes are very beautiful. Um, they look very functional and and more most importantly, they look fucking cool. Like yeah, they just look fucking cool. So congratulations I mean, on what you're doing. I mean, I mean, that's like one part of it, you know, like uh, doing something that's also beautiful but also functional, you know. That's mm-hmm. something that yeah. I, I see a lot of new axe makers out there that's trying to, you know. Get a get a hold of the techniques and stuff, and um, <clears throat> they focus perhaps too much. Uh, they they their form the the shapes of the axis does not look organic in my opinion. Yeah, that makes it you know look you know too. Ah, it's just hard to explain. But you know trying like to, they were punched out of a machine. <laughs> is that, is that uh, what you're trying to say? No, I mean there are a lot of uh, cool axes made by machines. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, but um, but you, just the shape of them, I, I think, is important as well. And I actually got a lot of inspiration from Ian Hoffman on that part. I think he's a really talented. Uh, he, he really has that, you know. He knows how how an axe should look, you know. Yeah, and you are correct. I like that about him. He's a good guy doing big things, and yeah. uh, I think you were on the road as well, my friend. It looks great. We'll see. No, oh, yeah, you're killing yeah. it, Nils. You're killing it. So go check out Nils' YouTube channel. He's he's putting up content almost what monthly, weekly, every two, Mon- three weeks. Monthly. monthly? Yeah. yeah, every video he's got up there right now is very, very well done. If you're looking to forge an axe very similar to the way he does, he shows you exactly how to forge it. Uh, video production is on point, very, very nicely done. Go follow him on Instagram, Nils Ogren. Buddy, I don't know who the male model is that you had doubled on your website for your photograph because that is definitely not you. (laughs) (laughs) You are killing it very, very much. Thanks again for being on the show, buddy. Thank you. From myself, Chris Cash, and Mount Philomena Works, and Roy Scott from Vintage Axe Works, that is a wrap on the Axe and I. Podcast!